Welcome to the Grace Happens Here podcast. I'm Pastor Michael Diner, and uh, with me today are Eric and Joanna Stinnett, uh, missionaries to, in Ethiopia uh, that our church family helps to support, and, and we're thankful to have Eric and Joanna with us today, and so thank you guys for being with me and talking with me today. Well, thank you for giving us the opportunity we were really looking forward to come seeing you there at some of this summer, but with COVID changing all the travel plans and us not being able to travel right now, we're very, very grateful to at least have the opportunity to reach out and connect over the internet. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. And so um, we'll jump right in and, and uh, just want to know if you can uh, give our, our listeners kind of an overview of of uh, your ministry in Ethiopia and an update on on uh, what you guys are doing there. Sure. I know uh, many of your members already know this, but for those who haven't heard me speak your church before, I was sent here as my official title was as a theological educator. What that really means is I'm a seminary professor. I'm teaching at the Mother Seminary for the Lutheran Church here in Ethiopia, teaching mostly in the master program, but also a little bit in their bachelor program and a special program that they've developed for uh, career folks going into the ministry. But I'm, I'm trained pastors, and in the master's program, I am training people who are already experienced pastors who people who already have some level of authority within the church and most i'm training people who will be teachers in their bible colleges who will be professors in their outlying regional seminaries i'm teaching the people who will be maybe middle level executives in the church like in the LCMS, the equivalent of a district president, thing like that. Um, so really, I'm, I'm here facilitating and teaching and the training, educating of pastors, which is really important for this church. Uh, they are the largest Lutheran church in the world, the, definitely the fastest growing Lutheran church in Africa, uh, people say it's the fastest in the world. I don't know the actual stats for growth rates of churches around the world. But this church is growing annually at somewhere between 8 to 10% per year in size. And recently they passed uh, 10 million membership. They, this church is, has over 10 million members. That's and awesome. part of the it is. It's amazing. That growth is beautiful. But that growth, as beautiful as it is, does bring its own challenges. Um, right now, they have a little over 10,000 congregations. So you can do the math quickly and realize they pack a lot of people into their churches. Yeah. Um, but 10,000 churches, another 4,000 uh, preaching stations and outreach sites. So essentially, uh, 14,000 pulpits on wow. any given Sunday, but they only have around 6,000 pastors. Mm -hmm. And that's where the excitement so, of your ministry there comes in, huh? 
Right. That's that's where that's one of the big points then for having me here teach teachers. Because I you know, I can train one student and then that student goes out as a theology professor at an online seminary where he's going to teach classes year after year after year and send out, you know, graduating classes of, I don't know, twenty, thirty, fifty or more students per year. And so so the students that I send out then my work multiplies very quickly. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and so, so what are some of the, the, the biggest, uh, uh, highlights, uh, in, in your ministry there in Ethiopia so far in, in teaching and, 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 uh, and equipping others to go out and, 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 and train pastors? Honestly, the biggest highlight for me is just the fact that people here are absolutely, truly committed to the Bible as the perfect word of God. And mm-hmm. in, I, as a pastor in America, there are so many times that I would talk to someone about a lifestyle choice, a theological view. It, it wouldn't matter what. But I, I show right in the Bible. Well, right here, the Bible says this. And the answer would be, well, yeah, but opinion or yeah but i'm not really interested in that this matters to me <laughs> here you open the bible you show someone you said you say here right here in the bible it says oh, god says that oh we sure do that then that's good you know, i i that's just good. love that commitment that, that it's so exciting to to talk with people who have such a deep commitment to to god and his perfect word i love that yeah. um Secondary for me, it's just the, the theological education here has been not the in depth. Uh, prior to their partnership with KLCMS, they were partnered with a lot of churches that really aren't invested in theological education or the theology of the Bible so much anymore. Uh, very liberal Lutheran churches that, you know. Believe the error, the Bible has errors in it mm-hmm. that uh, have adopted lifestyle choices that directly contradict the Bible, and they were the ones kind of setting the course for education here. So there wasn't a lot of really deep theological training happening, and now with us here opening the Bible back up and saying this is the Word of God, now let's dig into it deeply and see what it really says. It's so much fun to just. You can almost see the lights come on in the eyes. <laughs> you know, you see the look on the faces as dots are being connected and they're, they're seeing where it all fits together. To me, that's an amazing highlight. Yeah, and then yeah. I'll just say one more and then I'm going to hand it to Johanna. Okay. But how that plays out then, I found out uh, recently that a little over half of the equivalent of what we call district presidents here, what we call districts in the LCMS, they call synods. So okay. a synod president is the same as a district president. Uh, more than half of the synod presidents are now graduates of this master's program that I'm teaching in, and they've been taught now by LCMS professors. And those district presidents, when they come into their national meetings, 
are actually standing up and challenging some of the false beliefs that had been given to them by these other liberal partner churches. And we're really starting to see a change at the leadership level, at the national level, where the leaders that have come through our training, who have sat in the classroom listening to LCMS professors, students that I've taught, are now the ones sitting in the national council saying, no, the Bible says, no, we don't do that. Yeah. It, to me, that's just amazing to see. Oh, yeah, it's got to be cool seeing that multiplying effect like you talked about, uh, seeing your students go off and, and, and share the truth of God's word has, has got to be a, a satisfying feeling. It is wonderful. Good. Yeah, and I think to add to that, uh, some of the other churches that they had previously partnered with undermined the authority of the scriptures did God really mean this when he said this? Or do we have to just look and say that was at, you know, 2000 years ago that these people were and they were chauvinistic or, you know, different things. They'll cast doubt on the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And very often uh, because the education here, um, not everyone has the same opportunity for education in Ethiopia. And uh, for them to hear other people, very learned people coming from other countries um, they often take what the professors say at face value and, oh, we can't totally trust the scriptures. We can't do these things. And so it's been interesting for um, Eric. And then there's also another pastor here, Pastor Mark Raby. And the two of them are full-time professors here. But for them to contest those ideals coming from the other church bodies uh, and to equip these pastors to defend the faith has been extremely beautiful. I, I would have to agree with Eric that that's a huge highlight that these men can come away saying, no, the word of God is truth. The entire mm -hmm. thing, it is inspired by God. It's, and we can trust it. Whatever it says, this is the final authority on it. Right. And so that's, that's been really, really amazing to see how many of the men at graduation will come or before they graduate uh, and say, we didn't, we knew that God's word was true, but people kept saying it wasn't, and we didn't know how to defend it, but you've given us that gift uh, to know how to defend the word of God, and we will take that back to our people, and it's been really just, uh, it's kind of amazing that God takes ordinary people, because uh, Eric and I are very ordinary, <laughs> if you've ever met us, we're ordinary, but God <laughs> can even work through us um, to, to kind of bring this type of stuff here. And so I always think um, it's really amazing how God uses his people in different times in different places in the world to bring his word to them. Sure. Absolutely. And what about from, uh, from the pastor's wife aspect uh, and, and family? I, I didn't mention in the introduction, you guys have uh, four children, uh, Rachel, Naomi, Luke, and Levi, right? Um, yep, that's right. And, and so... Yep. Uh, and they're, uh, Go ahead. How is Sorry, how is all that? How do they how do they how is how is the ministry for them and, and you on, on that aspect? We're doing pretty well. Uh, this is our fifth year we've now started here in Ethiopia, and um, one of the interesting things that we see on the mission field is there's a huge turnover of uh, missionaries. Uh, I think most of them will do like a two or three year term. Um, 
but for us, we've, we're now one of the longest uh, foreigners, so to speak, that we know of in Ethiopia. And there's other, I mean, there are other families here too, but it, it's kind of rare to hit that five-year mark. Um, but the kids are really kind of rallying around that. They know what to expect now, mm-hmm. um, what, what kind of th- where we can shop for things, um, how daily life goes, how to give greetings. And I feel like uh, they have found out what the norms are here. So that's a lot easier because literally, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if we're slow learners, but it felt like for the first three years, I was constantly surprised. Oh, what? That's how that works? (laughs) And then, so now I finally feel like uh, in the last year that we've really settled in and we, I I will still say I'm still often surprised, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so it makes it easier to function in that respect. And Rachel started high school this year. She's ninth grade, Naomi's sixth grade, Luca's uh, first grade, and then Levi's just little. He's a year and a half. But um, I think they're all doing, they're doing pretty well. Um, one of the challenges that we've really faced is um, how many friends they have lost uh, over the last two years. A lot of the foreigners move away. And then they do have some Ethiopian friends. Um, mm-hmm. But for Rachel and Naomi, the challenge is for girls from the time that they're about in the second or third grade, uh, they have to, they're expected to be at home helping after school. And so it's really hard for them to have a friendship with any of the girls. There's lots of boys around to play with, (laughs) but but it's different to find, you know, good friends that are Ethiopian. And, um, but uh, Rachel just wanted to uh, just say hi here. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Here's Rachel. Hey, uh, I know this is the church that Meredith goes to, so yes. hi, Meredith. <laughs> and Meredith will be very, very excited to to hear that. <laughs> I think that's all she wanted to say. So. That's all, okay. Very good. Shout out to Meredith. That, but yeah, I'll make sure uh, I'll make sure I, I pass that along and and make sure she gets to hear this. All right. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very good. Very well, good. I think well, that's one of the Johanna was mentioning the turnover in the mission field and the transience of relationships here. And I think that makes our kids really value the friendships that they have that much more. And mm-hmm. so when Rachel heard that she might have the opportunity to say hi to Meredith, she jumped at it. Sure. Um, friend, friends, friends aren't taken for granted here because you, you just, you know, you may not have them for long. Sure. Uh, sure. You know, out here on the field. And so when she has someone like Meredith that she's able to reconnect with whenever we get home, she really just wanted to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And certainly. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one other thing that happened um, when Corona came, uh, I don't know a number for sure, but we were at a medical center recently and they're estimating that. of missionaries went home during this time. Um, Mm. So there's really not uh, a lot of people here. And also personally on our compound, uh, our compound is locked down in the sense that we can go out for groceries and things um, like that. But actually for a full month, the kids were locked down in our compound and uh, unable to go anywhere. And Ethiopian children have been already at their homes for over two months Wow. And many, many of them are very, because of all the media reporting, they listen to a, a lot of overseas and uh, foreign radio stations. Mm-hmm. And they're actually very afraid to leave their homes. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we're, and I'm not sure how similar that is to the States right now. 
Yeah, um, I mean, certainly I, you look at the media tough. and it's all doom and gloom and, and uh, yeah. makes you a little more scared. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the next thing I wanted to, to ask about is, is what's some of the challenges that have been brought on uh, specifically there in Ethiopia with COVID-19 and, and how that has affected your, your ministry. I know on the newsletter it talked about uh, having to do some some uh, online learning and how there's been some some difficulties with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, first of all, I guess with Corona, I would have to say the virus itself has not had a strong influence here. The official count as of today was 352 people infected and a total of five deaths okay. so the the numbers and, and this is a country of about 105 million people so relatively speaking there's been a very very low presence of corona here okay so the virus itself hasn't done much mm-hmm. but the fear of the virus is doing a lot sure. um they're not doing the, the government is not doing a a hard lockdown like many of the states in the u.s primarily because most of the people in in ethiopia really honestly live day by day okay uh you know when when you hear jesus parables and the, the workers go out in the field and they work all day and they earn that one denarius which is a daily wage that's going to keep them alive for one more day basically mm-hmm. uh that's the way it is here Okay. You know, people work all day and that will buy them food tomorrow. Mm. And so if you put, if you shut the businesses down, they, they, they'll get by for a day. They'll get, a lot will get by for two days, but even by the end of the week, you've got people dying. Wow. So they, they can't actually afford to close the businesses down, but they have really tried to push mask wearing, social distancing, and those kind of measures have slowed things down. So business will still be open, but there's only one person in the business. And, you know, or, or the, the doors are open, but someone's only standing out on the sidewalk kind of calling in. Okay. Uh, so there, there's commerce is happening, but it's slower. Sure. So from a national standpoint, I guess I'd say that uh, for us personally, for, for our work here, where it really hit us is that the government did issue a shutdown of the schools uh, back in April. And initially they just said for two weeks. And it was kind of that point where they were trying to figure out what's going on. What does this mean? What should we do? Mm -hmm. And so as a, so they said, well, okay, we're sending, we're closing all the schools, everyone go home for two weeks. And most people, unfortunately, heard that and thought, okay, this is two weeks, then we'll be back to school as usual, instead of, okay, this is two weeks, and then by then they will have reassessed, and we don't know what the game plan's going to be. Sure. Now, what that meant for us, so all of our students, you know, uh, here at this seminary, this is like a college with, you know, we've got dorms, our students are coming from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, traveling, to, traveling to get here, they all went home. But most of them left thinking, "Oh, it's kind of like a two-week spring break." Left their books here, left all their resources here, 
figure, well, I'll go home for two weeks and then I'll come back and get to work. Well, but by the time those two weeks were done, the government was saying, no, schools are staying closed. So we've got all these students out and they don't have their books with them. They wow. don't have their resources with them. So that's the, the first hurdle for us. Mm -hmm. um, and the only answer is remote education. That's what the schools, even local Ethiopian grade schools are sending packets home for students to, to learn at home and to work at home. Sure. We were talking with one of our friends today and he was talking about his, I think it was Elu first grade kindergarten and her teacher had sent papers home for her to work on. Uh, and, you know, that, and that's just a local Ethiopian grade school. Distance ed is what we're all, all having to do. Right. Uh, the, but the problem we're running into is that Ethiopia doesn't have the technological infrastructure to really support it the, the way it needs to. Um, Johanna was reading statistics and on this issue, and what was it, Johanna? It, Only about fifteen to twenty percent of Ethiopia even has uh, the they could have the what do you call that ability, but um, access access they could have access to internet, but uh, even at those fifteen to twenty percent um, availability, a lot of times it's out of the it, it's still a pay as you go system. Okay. So you buy scratch card, you scratch the, you scratch it off, and then you get your internet in that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, for people to spend, um, uh, maybe I should back up one step. Uh, an average Ethiopian salary is about two thousand five hundred bur or so uh, a month, which translates to about eighty dollars a month. Wow! So for them to uh, use scratch cards and spend. 100 burr or 200 burr that would be 10 percent of what they would um need to have their you know pay their rent buy their food medical expenses transportation whatever clothing sure. everything and it just is out of the price range of them to be able to have internet uh if they even have a smartphone which is out of the range for most people also they might have flip phones or things like that but a lot of these pastors are among the poorest because they rely on um, offering from the churches and uh, with the churches shut down right now we were talking to the secretary general and they're really having troubles paying any of the pastor's salaries at this point too and oh, he wow. said if it goes for another month they'll still be okay he said if it goes longer than a month the the church is going to be facing severe problems just feeding their pastors so when we're talking about trying to get remote education to these guys um First of all, somewhere between, you know, 80 and 85% of them do not even have internet available in their area. And then of the 15% that are left, a lot of them, it's economically not feasible. So it's a really huge hurdle that they're yeah. trying to overcome right now to even reach these guys, to even let them know, hey, we have packets of education for you sitting at the synodical office, you know, mm -hmm. just to even reach them and say, have those conversations. Are, it's just really difficult. Yeah, I bet. Um, and so, um, what about positives through this? Cause I think that's one thing that's always good to, to focus on. You know, we've seen examples here of some uh, positive things that God is doing, even in the midst of the pandemic and, and all the measures that we've had to take. 
Um, have you guys seen any, any positives that have, have come out of this? Absolutely. Uh, one of them that I'm actually having fun with, if it's okay to have fun with a pandemic, uh, <laughs> is that uh, this church body has a television station. And uh, we have started using that television station at, as more of an outreach. Uh, the churches have been closed down. That's one thing I didn't mention. That's not part of the positive, by the way. Right. Uh, right. But the, the congregations are not able to meet uh, due to the large numbers in a room at any one time. Uh, so with the churches closed, they started broadcasting church on the television because people who don't have internet still often satellite TV is available somewhere. You know, somebody has a television, somebody has a satellite dish. Um, and actually, MYTV, I don't know how they did this, but for all the, you know, hardly anyone can get internet, but almost everybody has television. This television station reaches about 20 million viewers. Wow. And so they started putting worship services and devotional services on television. And then they approached me and said, uh, would you mind doing some television shows? Let's wow. start uh, basic, basic education for the lay people. Uh, since you're not in the classroom all day, maybe you can be in the studio with us. And so we're putting out uh, these little 45-minute television programs. Uh, one on uh, the last, last one that I did was on... Uh, it was some questions on communion okay. and talking about exactly what communion was, everything from what communion was to what about doing communion over the internet or over television. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, kind of ranged a little bit. Yeah. I think tomorrow afternoon I'll be back in the studio and we're going to start now a more organized run through uh, basic theology. We're going to start with a program just simply on the Bible being the inerrant word of God, sure. being the sole source we have for what we believe, teach, and practice as a church. And then, and then after that, uh, we're, we're going to move through the solas, you know, grace alone, faith mm -hmm. alone, uh, for the sake of Christ alone, God working through word and sacrament ministry, uh, and just keep moving down through the list. And as long as this shutdown continues, uh, Makani Yesu Television has committed to broadcasting these programs. And with people sitting at home so much more time, they're sitting in front of the television more. And these are the shows that are being put in front of them. That so sounds like a pretty amazing opportunity. Pretty, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, another interesting thing that happened. Um, we met up with a student uh, at a coffee shop the other day while we were passing by and after greeting um, each other, uh, he said, hey, pray for us because we're going to be preaching in the streets today. And I said, where are you preaching? And he said, well, we're just going to, people can't come to church, but there's nothing banning us standing on the sidewalk telling people about Jesus as they pass by hmm. or, you know, other, other clusters of people or we'll stand where the shop owners can hear us. And he said, so pray for us. We haven't really done that before and uh, we're hoping it'll be well received. So it was, it was interesting that um, part of the EECMY uh, drive 
is also to instill in their members that it's not just the pastor who tells people about Christ and it's not just his job. Every member is a missionary. Right. And they really uh, stress this to the people. Hey, look, you have a lot more contact with people than your pastor will. And you have different friendship circles. And so tell them about Jesus and just, you don't have to have the answers. Just invite them to come to church. Sure. And so it's been uh, really a, a great missionary opportunity, even for them. Um, and some of them were deliberately planning on standing in front of uh, Muslim souks, they will call it, uh, little shops. Okay. And uh, I thought, oh, great. Wow. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> a good way for I mean, they can't leave because their store is open, but it's a good way for them to hear about Christ. So. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome stuff. And, and I think that, yeah. uh, you know, that's exactly what we as, as God's people need to be doing, because in, in the midst of all this, in the midst of all the uncertainty, we have uh, the news and the hope uh, that and the truth that the world needs to hear you know, of Christ, who is the, the solid rock in the face of all this uncertainty. And, and so that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I think also on a personal note, just having um, decreased schedules has really um, just let our kids get bored for once. And <laughs> they're, they're riding their bikes more and reading some books and stuff on their off time because sure. they're not running every day after school. And yeah, so that's been really, um, I think that's also one of the, the can you say a, a gift that came from Corona? Sure. Um, to have more family time and just, you know, just a slower time and a time for rest a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Romans eight twenty eight that, you know, God is always working for good. Uh, and so I think that's, that's cool to hear some of those positives. And I think, I think those are the same kind of positive things that we've seen here. Uh, although, um, I don't know about your kids, but mine sometimes uh, almost kill each other during this thing. But uh, there are those rare moments where they're playing nice together and riding bikes and all that good stuff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We won't claim to be uh, above that. <laughs> it's hard. I think that's normal family. Oh yeah, oh We'd yeah. We'd like but... to claim to be above that. Yeah. But we... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all. That's all part of it. So that's good stuff. That's, oh yeah. Um, any any other aspects uh, of your ministry that you'd like to to share with us today? Uh, I think one of the other positives that have come from this, um, we are one of two LCMS families in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and as of right now, we're not in fellowship with the EECMY. We are partnering with them, but um, as they're coming along with their theology and their doctrine, we're really praying that one day we will be in fellowship. So one of the things that we struggle with is not having a huge church family. It's our family and the Raby family. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and I meant to say, and fortunately, they also have four children. Um, so that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, but we do struggle with loneliness sometimes in terms of, not having a big church family here. Sure. And I mean, we do consider the EECMY, many of them are Christian family and friends now, but we're not necessarily totally of like mind yet. And so one of the other positive things that have come from it, um, we were supposed to have our missionary retreat in March where we see all of our um, other LCMS fellow missionaries from Tanzania, Uganda, uh, Kenya. I'm trying to think where else they all come from. Tanzania. Um, t- did I say Tanzania? And then, um, anyway, and from different East African countries here. And so when we didn't get to go to that, every, I'll be honest, we were really disappointed because it's usually a time of um, spiritual refreshment and a time when we take communion together with the other families. 
Um, sure. But one of the really great things that has come, um, all of our East Africa um, missionary women have started a Bible, a Zoom Bible study once a week. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really great to be in touch that way in a Bible study with these other women. And like other countries are facing similar types of um, shutdown things, but Uganda has literally shut down all private and, and uh, public transportation um, completely. So wow. two of our fellow missionaries that are there have been literally housebound for two months <laughs> and they can go out for groceries and that's it, but wow. they have to walk. So they have to find a place that's close to them. Um, and, or I'm sorry. So did I say Uganda? Yeah, that was yeah. Uganda. Uh, in Kenya, they have curfews from five or seven o'clock at night till five in the morning under threat of arrest if they go out. Wow. And we also have the same thing here. If we go out without masks or things, then you can be arrested. And interestingly private vehicles can only go out um every other day so if you have an even numbered license plate you can go out tuesday thursday saturday and if you have an odd numbered one this is for private vehicles then you can go out monday monday wednesday friday and so it makes it a little more challenging to be planning uh your and also anybody coming into the country has a two-week quarantine at a government location Uh, that's mandatory and you have to pay the fees before you even get on the plane so we don't know of anybody who's even coming um <laughs> but there are i mean there there are ups and downs uh to the pandemic that have come but sure. for the most part it's it just feels pretty even keeled i'm really thankful that we ended up being at home um instead of trying to come to the states at this time because i don't as much as we wanted to visit your church and other churches who are supporting us I don't think that we even could right now. <laughs> so sure. it kind of feels at least a blessing that we're able to be in our own homes and sleeping in our own beds. And Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's been a blessing also. And just like I said before, a time of rest. A little mm-hmm. bit. Well, good, good. Um, Cause yeah, we just, uh, we just this weekend uh, had our first in-person services since, since all this began and we're still doing the online uh, services as well. And so, sure. um, just a little bit starting to get back to normal. And so, um, that's been a, a good thing. Um, but, uh, um, certainly, uh, we look forward to when, whenever you'll be able to, to be here and, and, uh, and talk in person and everything. Uh, in the meantime, certainly we'll be uh, keeping you and, and your family in our prayers. Um, um, maybe that'd be a good thing to, to close on is, is how, how else uh, people can support uh, your ministry uh, in prayer and financially. Um, I know there, there may be some people listening from outside our church family too. Um, you know, what, what how, to st- how can we, people stay connected with you and, and, and maybe support you if they, if they'd like to. Sure. I, I, we have, um, Maybe the biggest thing could be that they could pray for us uh, mm-hmm. as we're staying here and trying to, uh, we would have a couple of prayers actually for the Ethiopian people in general, for the people facing um, food insecurity. And also, I mean, with the locusts and then especially also with our students and with the leadership here at the Makani Yesu Seminary who are also facing, uh, they work on a cost recovery system. So they're facing a lot of huge challenges um, with money right now. Uh, here at the seminary uh, okay. proper and then also just for the masters who are in their second year for a way for them to finish their thesis papers and their education and graduate this year or maybe it's going to be next year 
Um, there's so much uncertainty and with that comes a lot of stress for the leadership here. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe for guidance for those type of, uh, for those type of things. And sure. um, then also uh, on a personal note, we don't know how to get our homeschool books here <laughs> for next year. Oh, wow. So we've uh, generally what we've done in the past when short term teams or uh, mission groups come over or at our retreats is actually where we were, we had already ordered our homeschool books to come in March, but then the travel was canceled because that's right when COVID was all coming down. And so um, we don't have a way to get homeschool books here yet, but uh, we're trying to figure that out. And USPS is not delivering to foreign, I don't know which countries, but they're not delivering to Ethiopia right now, okay. um, which is our usual uh, system. So we're trying to figure that out. And then um, I think also uh, just for the fear of the people here, mm-hmm. uh, that that would calm down somewhat uh, because they're really, um, unfortunately, a little bit of what we also receive here is anti-foreigner sentiments because mm-hmm. they perceive that Corona came to the country through people who traveled. And unfortunately the first four people that were diagnosed in the country were foreigners. I think it was a Japanese national Chinese and a couple of British guys. And so since then, um, sometimes there, there have been some incidents of, you know, go home or you are Corona or things like that. So just okay. for the people to understand, you know, that, you know, the whole world is basically in this together and um, maybe for those things, to, those ideals to calm down as well. Right. Uh, but if people are looking um, past, uh, past prayer and they, they do want to look at financially supporting us um, at lcms.org, um, and then it's a forward slash stinnet, you would come to S-T-I-N-N-E-T. You would come to a page... Did I say one T? Sorry, TT. I do know how to spell my name. <laughs> uh, but you would come to a page that um, would can allow you to donate if you wish to do so. Okay. Uh, so that's that's one way. And there's also another way through Mission Central uh, with Gary Teese. And if you just Google Mission Central, it'll come up in Iowa. And he's a huge fundraiser for missionaries, LCMS missionaries across the board. So there's two different ways. And it all goes into the same fund, whether it goes through Mission Central or through the office in St. Louis, uh, the money comes into one account uh, for supporting us and the work that we do here in Ethiopia. Very good. Very good. Well, we'll certainly, uh, as a church family here at Grace, be uh, keeping all that in prayer and uh, certainly pray God's continued blessings uh, for your family and for your ministry as you uh, share that that word of hope and and truth there in Ethiopia uh, and God's blessings uh, uh, on everything ahead. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to mention that if anybody is not receiving our newsletter and they would like to do so, we try and put one out monthly and uh, there's a lot of just information there about what we're doing each month, kind of a monthly recap. Um, so I don't know if they could send an email to you and they could forward it on to us. Um, that would be great too. Yeah. And we're going to try to uh, add some, some more of that to our, uh, our, our uh, newsletters and such. Uh, we, we usually have it posted at church, but since uh, you know, we're just now getting back to, uh, to being yeah, sure. in church, uh, we're trying to get that information out in other ways, and so we'll make sure to uh, to put put out that information on our Facebook and through our email blasts and everything else. And so um, appreciate uh, appreciate all the updates and appreciate being able to talk with you guys today and hear more about everything going on in Ethiopia. And so um, thanks again uh, for your time and for talking with us today.
Well, thank you so much for giving us your time and giving us the opportunity to talk with you. And I do just want to say, too, please know that we are keeping you in our prayers also. You know, we are still watching. You know, we still watch the news in the United States. We see what you are going through there. And we are praying for you each and every day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And thank you also for your continued support. I know we have uh, a lot of people who have financially supported us from uh, Holt Summit. So thank you in Jesus' name for the work that you're allowing us to do here. That's not a problem. Thank you and and God's blessings. All right. Take care. Thanks, Pastor Diane. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.